0: This is Fred Ricciani of TSC News here to recap WWE Clash of Champions 2017. It is December 17th, 2017. All the SmackDown titles were on the line on the final WWE pay-per-view and WWE Network of 2017. This show on paper did not look that great. In fact, I wasn't all that excited for it. I was thinking, "Man, another WWE pay-per-view?" Another Jinder Mahal-AJ Styles match. They had a damn good match a month before in the UK. But I don't really need to see it again. It was pretty decisive. But here we are. And I gotta say, after watching this pay-per-view, I think it exceeded my expectations. Now, I'm not gonna say it was a great pay-per-view. But I could go as far as saying it was a very good pay-per-view. At least in certain parts. So let's go through the results. By the way, if you're wondering, AJ Styles is still your WWE champion. So that's good. My man Scott Anderson is normally my co-host who's currently on fatherhood duty because, of course, he's got his beautiful wife, April, who's pregnant, who could be given birth any any time now. Uh, He says that the show was a 6 out of 10 at best. I I think that's fair. I think that's fair. The, The show had a low bar. That, that it had across. I, I think it did. Now, by, by the way, before I get to the recap of this show, which I also covered on the SportsQuery.com, if you guys want to visit and read my report, I want to thank everybody for subscribing. I want to thank everybody for checking out the show. And I want to thank everybody for buying their TSC News t-shirts, which you can get this holiday season at teespring.com slash TSC dash news dash gear. You can also just click the link in the description and order yourself a TSC News t-shirt or hoodie. All proceeds go towards our production costs, and we really appreciate it. And hey, who wouldn't want one for the holiday season? Also, I just uploaded good God Almighty, a ton of updates on TSC News on this YouTube channel. So if you're an NFL fan, if you're wondering what the hell is going on with the XFL, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Anyway, ball means, go through this channel. We upload like half a dozen videos the last couple days, so check them out. Alright, here are the results. We started things off with the kickoff show. Mojo Rawley beat Zack Ryder. This was okay. Solid match. Good showcase for Mojo Rawley. He won with a running forearm. The guy kind of reminds me a little bit, and, and he kind of did coming out of NXT, as, as similar to like a, a uh, Monty Brown. I don't know if you guys remember Monty Brown, a.k.a. Marcus from of WECW fame, who... Retired relatively quickly after getting to WWE because of some family issues and he had to tend to be a family man and all that stuff. But he was a guy that back in the day, former football player, played in two Super Bowls, had a lot of raw talent, had a lot of raw charisma. Uh, It was actually, I think, older than than Mojo Rawley is right now. And and he he had a a ton of potential. I I think back in the day, he should have even won the NWA title in in TNA wrestling, but it didn't happen. Uh, But he was a guy to me that looked like, man... For a few years in the business, he's really good. I think the same way, to some extent, of Mojo Rawley. When he first came in, he was getting a lot of Goldberg comparisons because he's a great athlete. He was running over everybody. He was a baby face. And then he got squashed by Rusev in NXT and kind of got buried for a while. He was with the Hype Bros, of Zack Ryder. They were an okay team. He eventually got called up, did okay. He finally had, like, a real career turning point this year when he won the Andrea Giant Memorial Battle Royal. But even after that, he kind of didn't do much until he turned on Zack Ryder a couple weeks ago, High Bros officially broken up, cut this really awesome promo on Twitter. And in this match, he essentially continued the theme of that promo, which was, Zack, you don't have a killer instinct. Where's your killer instinct? Evidently so. Zack Ryder did not have a killer instinct because he lost this match. I'm very interested in seeing where Mojo goes from here. I think Mojo, like to circle back to the Monty Brown comparison, very similar. A lot of raw talent, a lot of raw athleticism, a lot of raw charisma. But can he put it together? Monty Brown, for a brief period, did when he was active. And I think had he stayed in the business, he could have become a huge star. Can Mojo Raleigh do that? He's got all the tools. On paper, he's got all the tools, I should say. He's shown some flashes of brilliance. The office likes him. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I wish this guy the best, and I hope it works out for him. Because, uh, you know, they don't make guys that look like Mojo Rawley in terms of height, in terms of weight, in terms of, you know, all the intangibles, you know, every day. But the jury's still out. We'll see. This is just the beginning. Actually, we'll see if he even gets a shot. Because you never know. One minute they're pushing a guy in SmackDown. The next minute on SmackDown they're taking a guy off TV or... You never see him again, you know. Look at Mike Bennett or Ty Dillinger, all these other guys. We had the opener for the pay-per-view triple threat match. Dolph Ziggler took on Baron Corbin and Bobby Roode for the United States Championship. This was a shockingly great match between three guys that have been unbelievably boring the last couple of months. Dolph Ziggler's gimmick to me has just been the death of him. It's just just terrible. Just just boring as hell. He's trying to be as irritating as possible, but unlike a heel that makes you pay to see him get beat up, this has been straight-up go-away heat. He's the guy that that they've been putting all these new NXT call-ups with. You know, when Nakamura got, got called up, you put him with Ziggler. Bobby Roode got called up. Put him with Ziggler. And then, ironically enough, all after Ziggler, Nakamura had to face Corbin. And ironically enough, after that, Rude had to face Ziggler. Actually, no, Rude faced Ziggler, then he faced Corbin, then he faced Ziggler again. The point I'm trying to make here is that if you're an NXT call up, whether you're an established guy like Nakamura or Bobby Rude or, or a young guy, if WWE tells you your first two feuds are with Rude and Corbin, get ready for a rough first couple of months but somehow some way the, these three dudes had a great match and I think a lot of credit definitely goes to Ziggler who's a damn good worker even though he's been uh, kind of lackluster this year I think a lot of credit goes to Bobby Roode who's also a, a great worker and you know what give credit to Baron Corbin he's not great by any means but he picked his spots he did well here and uh yeah this is a, a great back and forth match for for sure it started out with Rude and Ziggler taking Corbin out on the outside, making it a one-on-one match for now. But then it didn't last because Corbin got outside, got back outside, hit Rude with a big clothesline, punched Ziggler, tried to slow things down for a bit. Rude hit the blockbuster for a near fall off the top rope. Ziggler got his own near fall on Rude with the Famouser. Corbin broke up the pin. Corbin ripped up his shirt, signifying he had enough of Rude and Ziggler. So Corbin ended up giving both clotheslines into the corner. Ziggler hit a running dropkick on Corbin. Deep six on Bobby Roode, but it was only a two-count. Crowd was definitely behind Roode. This this Boston crowd, for the most part, was hot all night. Corbin put Roode on the top turnbuckle. Roode knocked Corbin off. Ziggler hopped on. kind got shades of old-school Sheldon Benjamin with a superplex attempt. Of course, this led to a Tower of Doom spot where Corbin powerbombed Ziggler as he was superplexing Roode. Only a two-count. I would just for once, just for once, like to see a Tower of Doom spot end with a three count. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And by the way, if you guys are enjoying this live recap on YouTube, please feel free to smash that like and subscribe button. So after this Tower of Doom spot, Corbin hit a, or tried to hit a choke slam backbreaker on Ziggler. Ziggler escaped and moved out of the way. And Corbin ran at him, moved out of the way again. And Corbin hit his shoulder on the post, was sent to the outside. Ziggler went for a super kick on Rude, but Rude hit a double-A spine buster. Rude went for a glorious DDT. Ziggler reversed and hit his own DDT for the near fall. Crowd was going nuts here. Corbin tried to throw Ziggler on the outside, be hung on to the apron. Rude threw Corbin outside. Slingshot by Rude on Ziggler into the turnbuckle. Glorious DDT by Rude on Ziggler. Rude goes for the pin. Corbin runs in, tries to steal the pin, but is thwarted. Rude goes for the cover, but Corbin pulls Rude's leg out from underneath at the last second. Backbreaker by Corbin on the outside. And then things get a little weird here. Corbin drags Rude back in the ring. It happened so fast. He just gave him a backbreaker on the outside. They both end up back in the ring. Corbin goes for the end of days. Ziggor hits a zigzag on Corbin at the same time. He's going for the end of days. One, two, three. And believe it or not. Your new WWE United States champion is not the glorious Bobby Roode, the hot star coming out of a great run in NXT. It's Dolph Ziggler. After maybe the worst year of his career, since, since maybe, you know, after getting destroyed as part of the Spirit Squad, or, or maybe the year where he was the caddy and WWE was worse, Dolph Ziggler is going to... Likely end 2017 as your new WWE United States champion. What can I say? First of all, this was a match that these three men absolutely positively needed to have. And they all did great. They all looked great. Dolph Ziggler, at least for now, once again, his career is revitalized. Although... Who knows if he could continue this momentum. We've seen this a hundred times before. Ziggler wins a title. Ziggler gets a big win. Ziggler gets a title shot. It's looking good for him. And then they go back to burying him. I I think at this point he is damaged goods even after this match. But if he can somehow match the match quality that that he displayed here, I, I think he'll be okay. But I think Bobby Roode should have won this match or Baron Corbin should have retained We'll see what happens. Maybe they'll do a rematch on SmackDown. Maybe they'll close out the year where Bobby Roode wins the title as a late Christmas present. Who the hell knows? But yeah, con- confusing as hell in, in terms of, of the booking here. But I like the match so much. The crowd liked the match so much that I think you could forgive the ending for now. We'll see where it goes. We'll see how it plays out. But uh, yeah, Dolph Effen Ziggler is your WWE... United States Champion good God Almighty Wow not a great initial run for Baron Corbin either as champion and but I think this plays into a storyline because backstage Dasha the robot interviewed Corbin and said Baron uh, do you see yourself now as a man who has squandered opportunities on Smackdown live after losing money in the bank and the United States title and then he just he screamed about Ziggler, said something crazy, threw some inanimate object to the wall, and, and stormed off. Here's what I'd like to see with Corbin. and I, I think I mentioned this on the Deadly Clash of Champions preview show I did. I would like to see Corbin face off against Bobby Roode or Dolph Ziggler or, or both in a hair versus hair match. I'd like to see Corbin lose, be forced to shave his balding skullet, and then I'd like to see Corbin go away for a while. A few weeks at least. Go away. Repackage himself. Keep the theme song. It's a great theme song. Keep the cool entrance. It's, it's cool. But just change up his look a little bit. The bald head would go a long way. Have him grow a beard, even though everybody has beards these days. Do something. Make him uglier. Make him uglier. Make him look a little more rugged, a little more tough. And I would do something crazy. Or at least crazy as some people watching and hearing this right now. I would bring him back. But on Raw... And have him be Bray Wyatt's protege. Where Bray Wyatt takes a backseat from wrestling for a while. Because Lord knows he could use a break. Or at least, I mean, his character could use a break from wrestling. at Whenever, you know, that Matt Hardy storyline wraps up. And you have Bray Wyatt make Baron Corbin find his inner self. Find himself amidst the end of days. And become this killer. Become a guy that just squashes everybody. He had that gimmick in NXT as a babyface. He got over great. Why not do it here? Because this whole thing of him being a big bad bully that keeps getting his ass kicked, while it's entertaining to watch because he brags on Twitter and then he gets his ass kicked on SmackDown, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. It's getting old. Like I said, he's not great in the ring, he's solid, he's got some type of presence. But I still think he's missing that something-something. And perhaps a pairing with Bray Wyatt could help him. Or you know what? If you don't want to put him on Raw, you want to keep him on SmackDown because they got Braun Strowman and enough big men. You know what? Keep him on SmackDown and maybe have him be mentored by the Bludgeon Brothers. I don't know. They're both dark dudes. I mean, the only thing is I wouldn't want to see Baron Corbin in that Bludgeon Brothers outfit, which looks awkward as hell. So I don't know. But I would have Baron Corbin lose a hair versus hair match. I would have him come back after a few weeks and show a darker side. If you, will, I personally would align him with Bray Wyatt. If you don't want to do that, you can just have him on SmackDown squashing people for a while. Just do something that emphasizes his strengths. He's not bad on the mic when he's in an unscripted or lightly scripted environment, like talking smack. He's funny on Twitter. Okay, he's got a look that, that, that women like. He's got well, that some women like. We said I know, and, and you know he's he's got size. And he's got time. He's still a young guy in the business, but if they just keep having him win some, lose some, win some, lose some, I could see him by the t- by the time he gets to that world title level, if they allow him to get up to that point or or force him to that point. Frankly, I think he could be a bigger flop than Jinder Mahal. More on that later. We have actually, he'd probably be a Dolph Ziggler level world champion. And the difference between him and Dolph Ziggler would be that at one point, Dolph Ziggler was actually over. We had the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. Uh, I missed a lot of this match because I was covering the breaking news of the Carolina Panthers owner, Jerry Richardson, announcing that he's going to be selling his team in 2018 following the season because he's a uh, piece of crap sexual harasser who also uses racial slurs. So he's getting vamoosed from the NFL. Uh, from what I did see in this match, it, it looked really good. A lot of near falls. Started out sloppy at first. Uh, Chad Gable, as Jeremy Bauer said, was taking people to Suplex City. Finish came when the Usos hit the splash on Gable for the win. I didn't pretty much watch this whole match. I just had it in the background. Uh, and, but from what I could tell, it was not at the level of the Usos and New Day matches. But I found it entertaining, entertaining, and it was definitely enhanced by the hot crowd. Backstage, we had Shane McMahon asking Daniel Bryan what's going on in his head. I think we all kind of want to know that. Brian said he's trying to protect the integrity of SmackDown, which Shane McMahon just kind of shook his head and walked away to. We had the SmackDown Women's Championship Lumberjack match. Shouldn't it be a Lumberjill match? I don't know. Charlotte Flair defeated Natalya to retain the Women's Championship. The Lumberjacks included Ms. Money in the Bank, Carmella, the Riot Squad, Tamina Snuka, Naomi, and... And Lana, good match, not a great match. Clearly overshadowed by the outside interference, which you know I guess was the intention, but took away from the enjoyment of the match for me. Finish came when Charlotte locked in the figure eight. Natalia was forced to tap out, and then we had a weird post-match segment. Kayla interviewed Natalia in the in the ring. Natalia said that Charlotte Flair won by cutting corners and using her family name. Huh? Natty claimed that she's given the WWE Universe the best matches of the women's division over the last decade, and she's carried the division on her back, only for everybody to turn their back on her. She says if the women's division and fans want to turn their backs on her, she's turning her back on all of them. And the segment ended with Natty just leaving the ring crying. I hope that doesn't mean she quit in the storyline because I really like Natty. Weird. Weird. We had the Bludgeon Brothers destroy the fashion police. This was short, sweet, and exactly what it needed to be. We had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn take on Randy Orton and Shinsuke Nakamura. We had not one, but two special referees. This was an overbooked mess. Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan were your special referees. KO and Zayn had to win this match in order to keep their WWE jobs. This was pretty much a SmackDown TV main event outside of the two referees in stipulation. The only real notable spots besides the finishing sequence really that I could think of outside of Brian and McMahon arguing and KO arguing with McMahon and Brian was, I'm trying to think, I guess Zayn screaming at Orton was pretty entertaining, Nakamura being splashed through the announcer's table by Owens was pretty cool. And then, at the end, once Owens hit the splash on Nakamura, Orton hit a draping DDT on Zayn and hit an RKO. Orton went for the pin, but it was broken up when Owens pushed Brian against McMahon, who was making the count. Shane McMahon interpreted this as Brian breaking the pin intentionally. Shane says it was an accident. Orton was confronting him. And Orton, of course, hits another RKO on Owens, but he's not the legal man. Now, at this point, think about it. Orton hit an RKO on Zane, practically beating him, and effortlessly hit an RKO on Kevin Owens, making these guys look like, as my buddy Brian Alvarez would say, complete geeks. So then Zane and Orton traded roll-ups, uh, various schoolboy pin attempts. Zayn rolled up Orton for what looked like a three count, but Shane McMahon purposely stopped at th- two to thunderous booze. After an intense argument with both refs, Zayn went for another roll-up, and he got the win for his team after Brian made a fast count. Hey, Shane went for uh, a slow two count. Brian went for a fast three count. Who's wrong here? I think more so Shane. So overall, uh, this was nothing too special outside of the table spot and finishing sequence. It's definitely going to set up an interesting night of SmackDown Live this Tuesday. But I'm not a fan of KO and Zayn looking like geeks. And I am absolutely not a fan of Shinsuke Nakamura. Just a couple months after challenging for the Deadly Championship. Looking like an afterthought. Yes, he's in one of the main events. But looking like an afterthought. Just laying on the outside. Not a big fan of this match. Not a big fan. I'm intrigued by what's going to happen with Brian and, and Shane. But I'm not a fan of really all the... all the. Okay, I wasn't a fan of the match for the most part. I'm not a fan of, of this Shane McMahon overkill. But I am a fan of Brian's involvement. I am intrigued by it. I, I just hope it doesn't lead to another Shane McMahon match. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know what? It's pro- it probably will. For all I know, Shane's going to enter the Royal Rumble. And for all I know, they're going to do some type of Shane McMahon match at WrestleMania. Because why not? That's what they do. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, we get to our main event, AJ Styles versus Jinder Mahal, AJ beat Jinder Mahal to retain the title, earlier tonight the Singh brothers teased maybe they won't be at ringside because Jinder doesn't need their help, well, he didn't need their help, start out with AJ getting aggressive early in the ring on the outside, working on Jinder Mahal's leg, Mahal hit Styles with a forearm to the throat, and launched the champ ribs first onto the top rope, bouncing Styles out of the ring. A fan audibly yelled, Mahal is on steroids, which he ignored. He sent Styles into the barricade, continued to work on the ribs. Mahal got back in the ring, tried to go up top, but Styles answered with a mid-air dropkick. They continued to brawl on the outside before Mahal is rolled back into the ring. Styles goes for the phenomenal forearm, but Mahal pushes the champ and causes him to once again land ribs first on the top rope. Gutbuster, Mahal. That was a near fall. And at this point, I really like the solid old-school psychology in this match, where Styles is working on the leg to lock in the calf crusher down the road, and Mahal working on the ribs because, hey, if you knock the wind out of the champ, it's gonna be hard for him to win, especially if you hit that Kalas, or as we say in Arabic, the Halas, which is Arabic for finish. The more you know. So. Mahal continues with the ribs. The two trade some near falls and reversals. Styles barely kicked out of the Mahal big boot. And at this point, the crowd is way quieter than expected. But I guess it's hard to buy Mahal as a serious threat because not only did he lose to Styles right before India, he wasn't even at Survivor Series, and the guy lost in India to 47-year-old Triple H. Because, of course, that's how you make a new star, right? You have a 47-year-old part-time executive pin him in his home country after building him up for six months. So stupid. And they wonder why some of this, these new talents or modern-day talents aren't as over as the guys in the past from Triple H's era. Maybe because you guys beat him. Whatever. Whatever. So, anyway, Mahal goes up top, eats a Pele kick. Styles knocks Mahal off. Styles was going to continue his momentum and... and maybe try to try the Phenomenal Forearm, but the Singh Brothers grab Mahal. Somehow, this wasn't a disqualification, so Styles took both men out, including hitting a Styles Clash on one of the Singh Brothers. Styles goes for the Phenomenal Forearm. Mahal moves out of the way and hits the Colossus. This kind of took forever after this. Mahal dragged Styles in the middle of the ring, stalled, went for the pin. Ref had a really slow two-count. Styles kicked out at two and a half. Crowd started to slightly wake up. Mahal teased hitting a Styles Clash, but Styles reversed into the Calf Crusher. Mahal nearly got to the ropes, so Styles rolled him up away from the ropes, locked in the Calf Crusher again, and forced him to tap out. Overall, good match, but nowhere near the level of their SmackDown match from last month. Definitely a hotter crowd last month. The crowd was quiet in certain parts, but both men had a lot of great effort uh, put into this. But yeah, I'd say a very good match. Good You could maybe say very good, uh, but nothing special that you got to go out of your way to see. In fact, the only match I'd say you really got to go out of your way to see is the triple threat U.S. title match. So overall, an above-average pay-per-view, as Scott Anderson told me, uh, I think a 6 out of 10 is about right. Maybe maybe 6.5 if you want to be generous. Uh, But again, nothing you really have to go out of your way to see other than the U.S. title match. And We'll see what happens with Mahal down the road. Is is he going to stay relevant? Are they going to just bury him and... Make him another mid-card geek. Oh, I forgot to mention, too, how over Rusev and Aiden English were to start the tag match. Aiden English introduced Rusev. Rusev got a huge ovation. There were thunderous chants of Rusev Day. Aiden English sang his 12 Days of Rusev, and it was just, it was excellent. It was excellent. Complete baby faces here. I wish they won this match. I hope, I sincerely hope that this turns around the careers of Rusev and Aiden English who have been really going nowhere the last few months, especially Rusev, a guy who I think could be, and frankly should be, a top main event superstar. But unfortunately, since that's not in the cards right now, might as well put him in a fun tag team with Aiden English. Hopefully these guys eventually get the tag titles because they are great together. So, with all that being said... Let's go to some of the comments and hear what you guys think about WWE United Champions, and then I'll go over real quick the news about the XFL and the WWE Hall of Fame. All right, Mister Racer1029 says Jinder Mahal is better than AJ Styles. I think there's a little Indian bias there from uh, Mister Manpreet, but I, I, I could be wrong. Could be wrong. Okay, Holiday197 says, thank God AJ retained, although we're not out of the woods yet. AJ could drop the title at Royal Rumble. Hopefully it's not to gender. I think it's, they're going to have a hard time going back to gender after this. Walter Peanut. I do not like Ryder doing the woo-woo taunt before the boot. It's supposed to be more serious. I like, you know, it's about the little things. Yeah, I agree. If this was a blood feud with, with you know, two two guys who hate each other and Ryder being heartbroken his partner turned on him, why is he doing the woo-woo-woo? I agree. I agree. Telvin says, I hope my boy AJ keeps the title till WrestleMania. I hope so too. JB says AJ Styles versus Zayn, or Zayn and KO, or Zayn and Orton at Royal Rumble would be great. Hell yeah. JB also says, four years later and Brian is still fighting the corrupt McMahons trying to gift Randy Orton victories. That's true, actually. You're, you're right about that. I didn't even think about the authority connection. Yeah. The King of the Street says, I lost 20 bucks because I thought Carmella was going to cash in at AJ Styles. That's funny. Carmella did tease cashing in uh, in the women's match, but she was thwarted by the riot squad. Orin looks ten years younger with hair. He also looks ten years creepier with hair. I don't know if he got some weird hair transplant that Wes Welker got, or or something, or he just decided to let his hair grow out. But it's 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 weird. It is so weird to see Orin with hair. Um, the match with between Styles and Mahal was pretty boring mainly because Mahal had the offense about 90% of the time and did nothing exciting, and maybe Styles' worst match since coming to WWE. I don't know. Kevin Owens might have an argument there. Okay, I like Natalia, but she's a horrible actress in promo. She's not a great promo. Wish they would have just let her be nice girl natty. The, the natty you see on Total Divas is so much more marketable and likable and more engaging and hotter than the freaking Natty you see on WWE TV, that's for sure. In fact, for whatever reason, especially on the SmackDown Live brand, they script the women so badly, it's always cringeworthy. I don't understand. Maybe if they had a woman writing for women, they'd actually have good dialogue. Just an idea. The last two minutes of Orton and Zayn, or uh, Owens and Zayn versus Orton and Nakamura... We're interesting with the tension between Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan. The rest of the match is blah. I agree. Okay. Liam King says, yo, shut the F up and show us the damn match. I don't care about your damn opinions. Okay, cool. Well, you have no friends. Anyway. Uh let's see. Fred Angels Wrestling's asking me, Fred, who do you think is gonna win the Royal Rumble? That's a really, really good question here. Who's going to win the Royal Rumble? Well, off the top of my head, I'd say Roman Reigns, which I know a lot of, not a lot of people want to hear. But if they're setting up Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar WrestleMania, you could do Roman Reigns winning the Rumble. In Philly, again, how ironic. Or what you could do is have somebody from SmackDown win and have Roman Reigns earn a title shot. At elimination chamber, which I think might be the better scenario. So, who do I think is going to win the rumble? Hmm. Originally, I was going to say Roman Reigns or John Cena, but John Cena's been pretty damn busy with his film schedule. He just had the premiere of Ferdinand. I'm not saying Cena's not going to appear at WrestleMania, but I have a feeling Cena's going to be a lot busier than people think he's going to be, or, you know, at this time at least wrestling fans the dude has a lot of momentum right now in hollywood he's working on the today show more you know especially with the whole matt lauer controversy and everything he's, he's getting more work on there and frankly speaking i think there's a chance a chance that john cena could miss wrestlemania this year not saying it'll happen but i think he could and if he doesn't but he gets more commitments i could see him having a role at wrestlemania but not a major one. Kind of like WrestleMania 32 where he made a surprise appearance. I could see that instead. But uh, him in a match? Possibly. Possibly. But I'll, I also think if you don't have anything good for John Cena, why bring him in WrestleMania? I mean, have him appear. Maybe have him host a show. Have him make some type of appearance. Maybe he could do... I guess you could do a squash match. You, you get him on the show or, or something. But I don't know. Off the top of my head right now, I really can't think of anything for him to do because... They did the Roman Reigns match. They're not going to do Cena versus Lesnar. Jinder Mahal has no momentum right now. And, and if Jinder Mahal was still champion going into WrestleMania, I'd say Jinder Mahal and John Cena would work. John Cena and AJ Styles would be a great match, but we've seen that multiple times before. You might want to do something new for WrestleMania. Uh, I mean, John Cena against any of the Shield guys, that'd be kind of we- a-, a weird matchup. Um, John Cena-Baron Corbin, we've already seen that. That was nothing... I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. John Cena Triple H, I don't think it's going to happen because it looks like they're doing Kurt Angle versus Triple H. You know, I really really can't think of anything great for John Cena. I mean, you know, okay. There's a couple cool dream matches I'd like to see. John Cena versus Samoa Joe, since both started out together in in, in 2000. John Cena versus Finn Balor. Those would be cool dream matches. But if they're not going to make those dream matches happen, then I really don't know what you're going to do with Cena. Maybe if you bring somebody up from NXT and have them beat John Cena at WrestleMania, that'd be cool. But uh, yeah, off the top of my head, I don't know. So back to the Rumble. If it's not gonna be, if I can't pick John Cena, if I can't pick Roman Reigns, I'd say personally, I'd pick either Shinsuke Nakamura or Finn Balor. I think both guys are kind of directionless and floundering right now. Both guys could use the much needed momentum. If Finn Balor goes to SmackDown. He could challenge AJ Styles. They'd have another great match, a rematch from their WWE TLC encounter. And maybe, just maybe, you could have Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows follow him there, reform the club once and for all, and Finn Balor could win the title at WrestleMania. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see Finn Balor get another world title run after that horrible luck he had in 2016. At the same time, you got Nakamura, who's also getting up there in age, who has never won a world title in WWE. And, you know his momentum is really stalled. Even though he's been in main event matches, his momentum is really stalled. And I think AJ versus Nakamura is a fresh matchup. Most people haven't seen it. A lot of Japanese fans have seen it. A lot of fans of New Japan have seen it. But most American fans have not seen that match. It would be a tremendous match, a rematch from their Tokyo Dome match from a couple years back. And that'd be great. So if I had, if I had to choose, I would say Nakamura. I would definitely say Nakamura. Nakamura, AJ Styles, I think that'd be great. Second choice would be Finn Bauer challenging AJ Styles. And Finn Bauer finally turning heel and reforming the Bullet Club in WWE. Although, you can't really call it the Bullet Club. You could just call it the Club. And Telvin agrees with me. I'd love to see Nakamura or Bauer. Actually, you know what? Another thing you could do if Shane does end up firing Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn is having Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn win the Royal Rumble. And what you could do is go into WrestleMania since we've already seen AJ and KO and they weren't great matches. Do a triple threat. AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn for a WWE Championship. That'd be awesome. Although I have a feeling they're probably going to do that either at Royal Rumble or at Fastlane as opposed to WrestleMania. But you could do that. Is Batista returning? I don't think he is. No. Uh, I don't I don't think he is. I, I think he, he's publicly said before he'd only return if he faced Triple H in a retirement match. Triple H is programmed with Kurt Angle. Even though on, on paper, at the moment, that doesn't look like a very attractive matchup. Before, I was like, Yeah, you know, I'm down. You know, Triple H can pull a good match out of Kurt Angle and, and Kurt Angle can give great effort and you know, Triple H can hide his weaknesses. And then I watched Survivor series. And not only did Kurt Angle move slow as hell and barely stand straight, but Triple H for the first time moved pretty damn slow and was looking his age. Now, facially, obviously, he's gotten older, but he's a guy that... He's been wrestling for a long time, man. And and he's a guy that's been able to defeat Father Time for a while because he only wrestles a couple times a year. But Survivor Series was really the first time where I noticed... Damn... Triple H is old. Jeez. I love Triple H. Even though he's he beat Jinder Mahal and won in the main event of Survivor Series. I still love his work as, as a wrestler and everything. I know some people think I hate Triple H. I don't. I just hate some of the finishes in his matches and some of the booking. As much as I love Kurt Angle. I don't know if they're going to have a good match at WrestleMania. If they go 15 minutes... Maybe. I think they have a good match. If they go twenty to twenty five minutes as Triple H is accustomed to at WrestleMania, whew, that, could be a big, that could be a big mistake. But we'll see what happens. You, you never know. They're still a long way from WrestleMania. Uh we'll 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 see. Fred, what are your thoughts on the XFL potentially coming back? Yeah, shout out to the Brad Shepard on Twitter, a conservative blogger of all people. Uh, broke the story that Vince McMahon may be bringing back the XFL, the failed football league from 2001. David Bix's fan of Deadspin reached out to WWE, and in fact, they didn't deny it. They said that Vince McMahon has established Alpha Entertainment as a venture outside of WWE, and he's looking into uh, you know a variety of ventures in entertainment, a- including professional football. Chris Harrington uncovered that, that WWE is looking to trademark UFL and URFL, which sound like different acronyms as opposed to XFL. And, yeah, I guess Vince McMahon really wants to try his hand at a football league again. Personally, I think it's a horrible idea. While I think there's a market right now for an alternative football league, I I think there there has to be a a few ground rules here, which I don't think Vince McMahon's going to abide by. This cannot... Compete with the NFL. You cannot market this league. To compete with the NFL. Like you did with the XFL. Because it ain't the NFL. And it, it'll flop. Well it could flop either way. But it'll flop if you're trying to directly compare it to the NFL. I'm just seriously. It's like when TNA tried to go up against WWE. On Monday nights. And you saw the glaring. Glaring differences between WWE's production. And whole approach. And TNA's. Under a microscope. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. The other thing. If they're going to only cater to people who voted for Donald Trump and are and, and only created this football or only creating this football league solely to show people how patriotic Vince McMahon is, it's also going to flop. Because I don't know if anybody knows this, but in American football last time i checked it's predominantly black and it's great they have a mix of white players and you know people from different backgrounds and everything and i know some people have their opinions on the anthem protests and everything else but at the end of the day no matter which side of the political political spectrum you are you're on the bottom line is you want to see some football if they make this about oh we're gonna have our athletes stand jesus christ i am not going anywhere near that shit I'm just not. And frankly speaking, with the CFL being on ESPN and getting some some more coverage, with the Arena Football League I think still being on CBS or NBC one one of those networks still getting some good coverage, okay? If they're going to be this overly patriotic brand of football, I can see a lot of black players saying, you know, thanks. No thanks. Another thing, the talent Let's say that they decide to cater this brand of football to people that just want to watch a different alternative of football, okay? Keeping politics out of it and all that stuff, which I hope they do. Where's the talent? Now, you could maybe bring back He Hate Me from the Dead. I think he's like 40 years old. Maybe he could still play. But who else you got? I guess you got Johnny Manziel. You got Tim Tebow. You got Colin Kaepernick. Those are the big three, not currently in the NFL right now. Are you going to be able to pay? Out of the Actually, are they going to be able to pay or willing to pay out of the ass to get any of those guys? I don't know. I don't know. I. It's going to be hard to justify those guys' salaries. But at the same time, if you're launching a separate football league, you need some star power. And if it ain't Colin Kaepernick, you better get Tim Tebow. And if it ain't Tim Tebow, you better get Johnny Manziel. And if it ain't Johnny Manziel, who the hell are you going to get? I mean, Vince Young would be awesome. But I think Vince Young would play for anybody at this point. Number four, the long-term repercussions. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, especially for people outside the U.S., but the NFL has been involved in a myriad of concussion lawsuits. They've been under fire for their BS concussion protocol. In fact, they've been under fire by Chris Lewinsky, who's actually an ally of WWE and the head of the Concussion uh, Research Institute. And uh, he's been publicly trashing the NFL for weeks on end now. Is the XFL or whatever the Revive Football League under Vince McMahon actually going to have a better concussion protocol than the NFL? And can they afford to have the same protections that the NFL has. Let's just say 10 years... Let's just say they watch this football league it'll last a season or two. And five, 10 years from now, a bunch of players decide to sue WWE or sue Vince McMahon or sue Vince McMahon's estate. That's not going to be good. That's not going to be good. So, how are they going to market this? Are they going to make it a more smash-mouth brand of football with helmet-to-helmet hits and the concussion awareness era? Are they really... Do they really think they're going to attract solely people who voted for Donald Trump when the guy has a 32% approval rating and people already want to keep their politics out of football? I don't know. I don't know Vince McMahon personally. I get the feeling just from just reading what I'm reading that there's, I think there's two reasons why Vince McMahon would want to relaunch a football league. One, he wants to prove everybody wrong and God damn it. I'm a mainstream success. Because for whatever reason, he's always been obsessed with doing something beyond wrestling. And while it's admirable that he takes risks and everything, it is is advised, especially at this stage, when at the moment, WWE's stock price is at an all-time high. And even if he's quote-unquote using his own money, that's still the chairman of the board taking away attention from his core business. Number two. I actually think Vince McMahon is insulated enough in the bubble where he thinks that if he solely focuses on the fact that players in the XFL or whatever the league would be will have to stand for the anthem, that he could attract a lot of fans. And because the NFL's ratings are declining because of these protests, goddammit, I can make a successful football league. Well, here's the thing I don't think Vince McMahon takes into consideration. And Again, I could be wrong, but I'm just inferring here. There's also a hell of a lot of football on TV right now. It is hard to keep up. People's attention spans are shorter. There's, of course, social media and GIFs and Twitter and all that jazz. And on top of that, let's keep it real. One of the reasons that the NFL has not been doing so well this year by their lofty standards is also because the play has not been that great. There's been a lot of garbage quarterback play. They didn't sign Colin Kaepernick, which is a big turnoff. And on top of that... There's been injuries to tons of great players. Aaron Rodgers just came back, but he was injured for most of the season. Carson Wentz is out. Odell Beckham Jr. is out. Both New York teams aren't making the playoffs. Dallas Cowboys aren't making the playoffs. Washington's not making the playoffs. These are big market teams not making the playoffs. Of course, that's going to also affect ratings. San Francisco not making the playoffs. Another big market. So, it's 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 a lot of different factors. So, uh, and overall, in conclusion, I think this is a terrible idea. I think the risk totally outweighs the reward. But you know what? If Vince McMahon can establish a viable league, get TV rights money like Ice Cube was able to do with the Big 3 Basketball League on Fox Sports 1, hey, I'll eat crow, and I'll give him his props, and I'll give him credit where credit's due. But based on his poor track record of non-wrestling ventures, whether it be WWE Studios, the World Restaurant, the World Bodybuilding Federation, the original XFL. I don't know about this. I hope it succeeds. Listen, I hope it succeeds. You know, I hope hope it gives an alternative for guys that are out of football, like Vince Young is one of my personal favorites, to make money. But, uh, the odds are stacked and if he's thinking about it, at the very least, he better think about running in the spring and not marketing against the NFL. Now, on uh, the other last piece of news before we get on out of here, which the Brad Shepard on Twitter also broke. So shout out to him. And by the way, some people were asking, how would this guy know about the XFL and WWE when he's a conservative blogger? Well, the McMahon's in Donald Trump's cabinet. Last time I checked, they're conservative. It's not out of the realm of possibility a conservative blogger who's got conservative political sources to have somebody that's connected to WWE who could feed him this information. So... That, that's the connection there. Okay, he claims that the WWE Hall of Fame class is as follows for 2018. Goldberg, Bam Bam Bigelow, former WWE Women's Champion Ivory, the Dudley Boys, and ugh, Kid Rock. Well, I'm fine with all of those except for Kid Rock. I guess they want a, a celebrity there. I mean, I don't know if I'd want to induct a flaming racist like that guy, but hey, he did contribute a lot to WWE in terms of theme songs. He's been a friend of the company for a while. He's on a WWE 2K18 soundtrack. Whatever, give Kid Rock the uh, meaningless uh, celebrity wing of the Hall of Fame. Goldberg's a great headlining act. Bam Bam Bigelow, New Jersey native like myself from the Jersey Shore. God rest his soul, I'm happy with that. Ivory, I think that's great, especially because she was on the original Glow. And of course, you know Glow is a very popular series on Netflix, which just got renewed. Dudley Boy one of the all-time great tag teams. That's fine, and it makes sense, too, especially with Bubba Ray teasing retirement on Ring of Honor. So, uh, yeah, shout-out to at the Brad Shepard for breaking that story. We'll see if it comes to fruition, but, you know, th- those all sound uh, pretty, like pretty logical picks to me. Okay. Uh, Big Dave Batista, we need you to take this to the title off AJ Styles. Damn, come on, man. Uh, don't use your liberal agenda to base your opinion okay and um, you go fuck yourself okay XFL can't be like UFC paying peanuts (laughs) yeah yeah that's for sure Um, I'm okay with the boring safe match for Kurt Angle with someone else he might try to take stupid bumps actually that's true if he faced AJ Styles he might try to match AJ Styles and he can't match AJ Styles at at this stage um, but, um, but, but Triple H, yeah, you know, they both kind of have Triple H, you know, works a safe style, rarely takes, you know, dangerous bumps that, that, that's fine. I think when you put it that way, that's fine. Dan Foster says Roman Reigns will win the elimination chamber. That makes sense if he doesn't win the rumble because, you know, what else is he going to win if he's going to get a shot at, at Brock at WrestleMania? I, I get, you know, I guess he could technically, you know, win a match on raw or something. Fred, any chance Kenny Omega debuts at the Rumble? No. Kenny Omega, I believe, is signed through summer of 2018? No. Fred, have you seen The Walking Dead lately? Yeah, I've been watching it more so on, like, fast forward or in the background. It's no longer a must-see TV for me. Uh, You know, it was a sad moment at the end, which I'm not going to spoil for anybody that hasn't seen Walking Dead uh, but I've been feeling that I feel like they've really kind of dragged this thing out, and I know that they go by the comics and everything, but last time I checked, the TV show in a comic book, and you can only have this thing go on for so long before you do something major. It's cool that they're killing off one of the major characters finally, but I feel like it's a reoccurring theme with The Walking Dead. You have a season where nothing really happens. When they do kill somebody, they focus on a supporting character you didn't have any reason to care about before, and then they just kill them off. I'll say this, though. Uh... Jeffrey Dean Morgan really strong work in this season. Uh, you know, I thought he came off a, a lot more badass. Uh, you know, I, th- I think the first season, full season of his, he was, he was way too charming, way too handsome, you know, almost too likable as a bad guy. You know what I mean, but, uh, he, he picked things up in, in, in this season. Uh, but you know, I got nothing against the actors on the show. I think all the actors are really talented. I just think the writing's just been not, not all that great. Far be it for me to criticize a writer, but, uh, yeah, I think it's been kind of boring. And you know what? The ratings have reflected. They've been doing the lowest ratings in what? Like six, seven years of the show's history? So there's a reason for that. It's gotten kind of boring. It's gotten kind of stale. I'm still interested in the show. Uh, but again, it's not appointment TV for me anymore. Uh, Vikings is. Vikings I-, I love right now. I'm loving season five of Vikings. I really enjoyed the season finale of Gotham. I'm currently binging The Crown on Netflix. The Punisher, oh my god. The Punisher was great. I loved The Punisher. I could not believe the violence in that series, especially for a Marvel series. It's like they looked at Game of Thrones and Walking Dead and were like, hold my beer. So that's what I'm currently watching, and that's my current thoughts on uh, The Walking Dead. All right, we'll get a couple more questions here, and then I'll head on out. Just so you know, Colby Covington, the UFC fighter and impact wrestling star, spoiled Star Wars. Yeah, he spoiled it for me because he's a piece of shit. So, yeah, I don't like Colby Covington. I, I hear a lot of people that keep comparing this guy to Chael Sonnen. Stop. Not as clever as Chael Sonnen. Not as subtle as Chael Sonnen. Not as good of a fighter as Chael Sonnen. He's a guy with, you know, 15,000 followers or maybe seventy. I don't know how many followers. It, do, it doesn't matter. This guy is just trying way too hard. He has go-away heat. Okay? Let's see. Let's recap what he did. He called Brazil a dump like a freaking racist. He had half his team, an American top team, leave him because he was a freaking racist and wouldn't apologize to his own teammates who are Brazilian. Or I guess now ex-teammates. He spoils Star Wars for people, which is just, just a dick move. He got hit with a boomerang by Fabricio Verdu. And while it was maybe a slight bully move by the heavyweight Fabricio Verdum, Colby Covington, the so-called tough guy, responds by suing Fabricio. And I think he filed criminal charges against him, which led to Fabricio having to pay a $600 fine. Now, I don't like Fabricio Verdum, but really? And then on top of that, he got an Instagram and wanted a rant saying gay slurs. At some point, is UFC going to punish this guy? At some point, are they going to suspend him and keep him on ice for a year? It's 2017. Don't be using gay slurs. And, and as far as, you know, comparisons to Chael, yeah, Chael was derogatory to Brazil as well. Chael did it in a subtle pro-wrestling heel way. Now, I don't know if it'd go over so well in 2017 going to 2018, but in 2010, 2011, 2012, he did it with a wink. He did it with a nod. And when, when he actually listened to interviews... That he did about Brazil, he was actually very complimentary about Brazil. He's been a guest on this show. He's a guy that I've worked a little bit with before when I worked at Spike TV. Nice guy. I don't think he's a, a bad guy at heart, and everything. He might have some views that are a little uh, complicated. I'll, I'll say that in terms of politics, but he's not a guy that I've ever known to actually insult Brazilian fans maliciously. You know, again, he's done it subtly with the wink, with the nod. He's been he played a character. Whereas Colby Covington right now is just being a racist dickhead that nobody wants to see fight. He's a he's a boring fighter. He's a nothing guy. Maybe somebody in UFC likes him, and that's why they're not suspending him and, and keeping him on ice or, or cutting him. But, man, I'm just... Uh, Colby, really. Whatever resources they have with Colby Covington, they should be using that to get Nate or Nick Diaz back in the cage. Or they should be using that to finally sign Ben Askren out of retirement And have him, arguably the best welterweight in the world, finally compete inside the octagon. But that's my opinion on Colby Covington. As for his promo work on Impact, he's fine. But Dan Lambert's the real star of that team. Folks, I'm going to get out of here. It's been a long night. I hope you enjoyed this recap show. I hope you enjoyed Clash of Champions. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Did I not get a chance to get to your question? Please feel free to comment below. You check out all my updates on thesportschourier.com. Like, like I said before, I uploaded a ton of different videos. Let me just go through some of the videos here that I uploaded on the TSC News YouTube channel. I uploaded a video blog about Jerry Richardson selling the Carolina Panthers following harassment allegations. I uploaded a video blog, unfortunately, about Tom Zank, former Deadly Superstar. JCB Superstar, unfortunately, passing away at age 59. Of course, we got this recap show. I got news on Marvin Lewis leaving the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, I got my thoughts on the XFL. And I have an in-depth interview with Ring of Honor wrestling star Shane Taylor, who just competed at the Final Battle pay-per-view, which saw Dalton Castle defeat Cody Rhodes to win the ROH World title. So please check that out. Until next time, everybody, tweet us, Facebook us, do what you got to do. Please like, share, take care. Don't forget to subscribe and enable notifications. Have a great week. And as always, enjoy the matches.